And uh, I'm glad you're here today, and I pray that the Lord has blessed you richly this week. I've been praying for you, and I hope that you've been praying for me as well. So several of you already this morning have told me that you've been praying for me, and I appreciate your prayers. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with us to the book of Colossians, chapter number 2. We'll read a few verses of Scripture here momentarily, but I want to begin a new mini-series for a few weeks here on this thought of in my father's eyes, in my father's eyes. And so I want to look at this for a couple of weeks and just examine this thought process. A group of kids were asked to talk about their, uh, their dads and here are just a few of their responses. My dad is kind to me by playing with me and starting fires for us. However, he doesn't teach me to be kind, mommy does that. That was Charlie, age eight. Ryan, age six, says, he shows me he loves me by leaving me alone. I don't know what that young man was thinking, but that was Charlie, or Ryan, age six. Jenna, at age 10, said, he honks my nose when he says goodnight, and if he misses a night, he honks it twice the next night. Another first grader responded and said, my dad is the best dad ever. I would kiss a pig for him. And so uh, they love their dad. Another third grader said, the dad in my life isn't really my dad, but my grandpa. But he's like a dad to me since before I was born. I hope that as I get older, grandpa will teach me all the stuff he knows about wood, first aid, and everything else that he knows. I love my dad and my earthly dad. I've been blessed with a good and godly father. However, I want to kind of flip the script and examine not the way we view our dad, but how we look in God's eyes as he looks down upon us. This morning, I want to look at this thought of, in my father's eyes, I'm more than you can see. I'm more than you can see in my father's eyes. In Colossians chapter 2, Beginning in verse number 6, the Bible says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught about abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. This morning, I'm more than you can see, not because of who I am, but because, rather, that I am complete in Jesus Christ. This morning, I want to look at, in my father's eyes, I'm more than you can see. We want to examine how God looks upon you and I. What does God really think about us? I think this is probably a pretty significant um, matter that we will experience in our life, and that is how our father our Heavenly Father 
specifically looks upon our life and how he's involved with us. I know that the society that we live in in 2022 has demonized fathers and made them feel unimportant. But the truth of the matter is, a father's presence in, ho- in a home can significantly and eternally impact their children. And the same it is with Jesus Christ and uh, our Heavenly Father. His part in our life can significantly alter how we respond as His children, His heavenly children, and how we live our life. So with that thought this morning, I want to preach on in my Father's eyes. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer. And God, we ask for the next few moments, Lord, may you open up our eyes and Lord, help us to see how you look upon us as your children. Lord, may we find peace and assurance. May we find renewed strength and vigor to go about and Lord, to proclaim your good news because of the favor that we have in you. And Lord, we love you, we thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm more, in my Father's eyes, I'm more than you can see. I am more than my age. I'm more than my age. You see, as a human perspective, we like to look at individuals and we like to see their age. And sometimes that dictates our expectations that we have upon people. We look upon some of the youth and say, listen, they're probably too young to accomplish a whole lot or to understand. And we limit the young people because of our perspective of viewing them in their youth. Others may look at uh, some who are elderly and you know what, they have limited potential or we may limit ourselves and say because of my age or my health, maybe I'm limited in my capacity with which I can serve God. And we tend to take the spiritual matters of our Heavenly Father and we limit them down to human expectations and human parameters. But this morning I want you to know that in my Father's eyes, I'm more than my age because of Jesus Christ who lives in me. In Genesis chapter 12, verses number 1 and 4, the Bible says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed Haran. He was 75 when he began his journey of following the Lord. It wasn't until 75 years of age that Abraham really turned from idols and uh, the, the religion of uh, those that were around the land where he lived in Haran. And at 75, he turned to God and began to follow him. So old age cannot stop the power of God in me or in my life. 
And we know that I'm more than my age. And so I want you to know this morning, maybe you're here and maybe you're saying, preacher, I would love to serve God more. Or I used to serve God in a capacity, but my age has restricted. I cannot serve God anymore. I want you to know that maybe your work, maybe your ministry has shifted gears. But if you're here and you're breathing, God is not through with you. God is not done yet. You're more than what your health might be. You're more than what your age might be. We can be more in Jesus Christ. Abram at 75, he began his journey. We had breakfast yesterday morning at uh, Miracle Lake, and Brother Jack Bryan was there. And, and, and at his age, God is still using him. But I've heard many preachers tell me that, listen, as I get older, I'm going to have to retire now. God doesn't, uh, God sue with me. I can't serve him anymore. Yet throughout my, uh, my life, I've talked to many pastors who are uh, up in years and, and, and nearing the end of their life. And as I've talked to them, they've told me and other preachers that after their uh, 60, 65, 70-year age, after they were kind of supposed to be retired, that God used them more in the end of their ministry than he did even in the beginning. And my point is this. Do not allow your age, uh, your life circumstances to dictate what you believe God can do through your life. How big is your God? In my father's eyes, I'm more than what's on the outside. We're more than our age. We're more than what the world might look upon because it is Jesus Christ, as we read in Colossians 2. It's the power of God, the fullness of God in us. It is not us that lives, but Jesus Christ who lives in us that is able to do these things. Not only can old age not stop the power of God in me, but youth cannot stop the power of God in me. It looks like many of our youth have slipped out this morning, but we must understand that just because someone is young does not mean that God cannot work great and mightily through their life. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse number 1, the Bible says, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. Before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, while you're young, remember God. While you have the energy and the, and the strength of the youthfulness, remember your Creator. Mark chapter 10, verse number 14 says, But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. God said, Don't keep the little children from me. That's what the kingdom of God is. For such is the kingdom of God. We can look at throughout scripture of men such as David, who as a young boy with his sling, he went out and he defeated a lion and a bear and, and Goliath, and God used him even from his youth. And it's not just David or characters in the Bible, but in our youth, in our church, if we will help them, if they will surrender their lives to God, and we will equip them, it might surprise us what they're capable of or rather what God is capable of through them. I'm more than my age in my father's eyes. 
how God views us. I dare say that God is not limited in his potential, his power, and the richness of his possibilities, but rather we limit him by our lack of faith and by our lack of w- or willingness to follow him and to step out and say, God, I'm going to step out beyond what I'm capable of, what I feel that I deem uh, reasonable, but Lord, I'm going to step out by faith and say that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. In my father's eyes, I'm more than my age, but second of all, I'm more than my strength. I'm more than my strength, even my failing strength. First Kings chapter 4 Verses number four through seven, and Jeroboam's wife did so, and she arose and went to Shiloh and came to the house of Ahijah. But Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were glazed by reason of his age. Now the Lord had said to Ahijah, Here is the wife of Jeroboam coming to ask you something about her son, for he is sick. Thus and thus she shall say to her, for it will be when she comes in that she will pretend to be another woman. And so it was when Ahijah heard the sound of her footsteps as she came through the door, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why do you pretend to be another person? For I have been sent to you with bad news. Go tell Jeroboam, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Because I exalted you from among the people and made you ruler over my people Israel. We find here that um, Ahijah, that he had lost his sight due to his age. And so his strength, his ability had failed him. And yet we find that when the Holy Spirit of God came upon him, that he was able to see and understand that which he could not see with his flesh. He was able to see through spiritual eyes. I want us to know that we are more than our own strength when it fails. God is able to do more through us than we are capable of ourselves. And I do believe that sometimes if we will come to a place where we recognize that we do not have strength, we do not have the ability, we do not have talents, we do not have the resources that maybe we once had, that in those moments that God himself can receive the fullness of glory in our life, and in those moments, God so desires to shine. You say, preacher, do you really believe that? I truly do. Look in Daniel chapter 3, you find that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they failed to uh, uh, bow down to the statue. They would not bow down, and so as they refused to bow down, what happened? We find that the king became angry. He heated the, uh, the, the fire seven times hotter than it had ever been. And he had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fire. They were in a position of complete and utter helplessness and dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ. They were unable to save themselves. But when they were in a position where they could not do it themselves, what happened? 
God showed up. God protected them there in the fire. He put his arms of protection around them, and, and they came through the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Lo, I see four men loose and walking in the fire, and the fourth is like the Son of God. And so we find that when they were in a position where they could not do it themselves, God showed up, God showed out, and God began to work in their life that Jesus Christ might be glorified through them. Sometimes I believe the reason we don't see the power of God displayed the way we would like to is because we never step into the fire. We'll never step out beyond our own capabilities and our own possibilities. But if we'll put ourselves in a position where only God can get the glory, he'll show up. And he'll reveal himself. And we are more in our Father's eyes. We're more than our failing strength. We're more than what the world and the flesh sees. But we are all that God wants us to be through his power. We're more than our failing strength. We're also more than our limited strength. 1 Samuel 17, verses 36 through 37. The Bible says, Your servant has killed both lion and bear. This is David. And thus, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing as uh, he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. It's not that David's strength has, had failed. Just the, the matter of fact, the reality was David in himself, a young boy, was no competition for a giant named Goliath. He was too big. The obstacle was too great, and, and the world looks and says, David, you don't have the strength, you don't have the ability to take on this giant. But David said, listen, the same God who was with me when I fought the, the bear and the lion, the same God is going to deliver him into my hand. And Saul said, go and the Lord be with you. David was more than the world saw. He was more than his limited strength because God fought his battles. In verse number 45 and 46 of 1 Samuel 17, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, and with a spirit, with a javelin or a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take you, I take your head from you, and this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Limited strength. I wonder this morning, I want to ask this question. How big is your God? 
North Etowah, I'm asking you this morning, how big is your God? What do we believe God is capable of doing? See, when our God's big enough, we're willing to step out and take on the Goliath. We're willing to take on the obstacles that seem insurmountable. We're willing to tackle tasks that may seem too big for who and what we are. But we say, God, I'm going to dream big. I'm going to follow you and take great steps of faith because I believe you're big enough to do great things. He's bigger than our limited strength. And we're bigger than our limited strength, not because of us, but because of Christ that lives in us. Well, thirdly this morning, I'm more, in my Father's eyes, I'm more than my beauty. Adrian Rogers said that God doesn't love us um, because we're valuable. We're valuable because God loves us. And uh, Charles Spurgeon said, He who counts the stars and calls them by name is in no danger of forget, uh, forgetting uh, one of his children. We are more than our outward beauty. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse number 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, this is again looking at when he called uh, David and anointed David to be king. He said, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I'm more than my outward beauty. See, as people, we, we tend to judge the book by its cover, don't we? Have you ever felt like someone could not see past the outside to really see your heart and see what potential or what you believe and who you are inside? Maybe your spouse, maybe your parents, maybe your children, co-workers or a boss at work, and you think, man, if they could only see, they, they can't really see what's going on. If they only knew my heart. Maybe you've been in a position where you've been a, a, in a group and there's someone who has physical beauty and it seems like they get all the attention, the promotions, and they seem to get recognized. And you think, I, I, why can't anyone see past the outward beauty? This morning, I want you to know that in my Father's eyes, I'm, I'm more than just the outward beauty. God doesn't look to the outside. God looks at the heart. And God sees, listen, I'm more than the outside than what the world sees. I'm more than that because Jesus Christ, he lives in me. I'm more than my outward beauty. Why? Because what matters most is what's on the inside. God looks at the heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 16, the Bible says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even as though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It's on that inward, that the pure in heart that see God. 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, the Bible says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am become as sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I had the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. What matters most is what's on the inside. This morning, I'm glad that in my father's eyes, I'm more than what everyone else can see. Because Jesus Christ lives in me. It's not in me that boasts. It's not you that can boast. It's not North Etowah Baptist Church that can boast. But rather we boast in Jesus Christ. Because of him. This teenager lived alone with his father. And the two of them had a very special relationship Even though the son was always on the bench, his father was always in the stands cheering. He never missed a game. This young man was still the smallest of the class. And when he entered high school, when he entered high school, but his father continued to encourage him, but also made it very clear that he did not have to play football if he didn't want to. But the young man loved football and decided to hang in there. He was determined to try his best at every practice, and perhaps he'd get to play when he became a senior. All through high school, he never missed a practice nor a game, but he remained a bench warmer all four years. His father was faithful and was always in the stands, always with words of encouragement for this young man. When he finally went to college, he decided to try out for the team as a walk-on. Everyone was sure that he could never make the cut, but he did. The coach admitted that he kept him on the roster because he always puts his heart and soul into every practice, and at the same time, uh, he provided the other members of the team with the spirit and hustle they desperately needed. The news that he had survived the cut thrilled him so much that he rushed to the nearest phone and called his father. His father shared his excitement and was sent season tickets for all the college games. This persistent young athlete never missed a practice during his four years at college, but he never got to play in the game. It was the end of his senior football season, and as he trotted onto the practice field, Shortly before the big playoff game, the coach met him with a telegram. The young man read the telegram and became deathly silent. Swallowing hard, he mumbled to the coach, My father died this morning. Is it all right if I miss practice today? The coach put his arms gently around the shoulder and said, Take the rest of the week off, son. Don't even... 
planned to come back to the game on Saturday. Saturday arrived and the game was not going well in the third quarter when the team was 10 points behind. A silent young, young man quietly entered the locker room, put on his football gear. As he ran onto the sideline, the coach and, his, and the players were astonished uh, to see the faithful teammate back so soon. Coach, please let me play. I've just got to play today, the young man said. But the coach pretended not to hear him. There's no way in a playoff game he wanted his worst player on the field. But the young man persisted, and finally, feeling sorry for the kid, the coach gave in. All right, said the coach, you can go in. Before long, the coach, the players, and everyone in the stands could not believe their eyes. This little unknown who never played before was doing absolutely everything right. The opposing team could not stop him. He ran, he blocked, and tackled like a star. His team began to triumph. The, the score was soon tied. And in the closing seconds of the game, this young man intercepted the pass, ran it back for the winning touchdown. The fans broke loose. His teammates hoisted it on their shoulders and cheering like you'd never heard. Finally, after the stands had emptied, the team had showered and left the locker room, the coach noticed that the young man was sitting quietly in the corner all alone. The coach came to him and said, Kid, I can't believe it. You were fantastic. Tell me what got into you. How'd you do it? Looked at the coach with tears in his eyes and said, Well, you know my dad died, but what you didn't know was my dad was blind. He swallowed hard and forced a smile and said, For all these years, my dad has came to all my games. He said, It was the first time he could ever see me play, and I wanted to show him that I could do it. This morning, you know what? In my father's eyes, we're more. And you say, preacher, I don't have a whole lot of abilities. I don't have a whole lot of talents. I don't feel like I have anything to offer anymore to God. I want you to know that God is watching you. And if we can just get a hold of a heavenly vision that looks up and says, my heavenly father, he's watching down upon me. He smiles and in me, he wants to work. He wants to do something in my life. He wants to do something in our church. He can do anything through us. If we'll but step out by faith and say, I want to serve my God, my father well. I want my God to know that I love him because he loves me. And if we'll step out by faith, this world has yet to see what can be done. I believe it was D.L. Moody that said, this world has yet to see what could happen if one individual would completely sell out to God. And he said, by the grace of God, I want to be that man. Well, we know that God used him in a great way. But I still say this morning, the world is yet to see what could be done if one man 
one woman or one church would fully, totally, and completely, utterly surrender our all to God and say, God, remove every barrier from my life. My mind, my thoughts, my weaknesses, my, my, my strength, my age, my insignificance. God, I set, surrender everything. Lord, I pour my heart out to you. And because in your eyes, I can do all things. God, I want to give my life to you. We're about to have a trunk or treat. Fall festival. I wonder what God could do if we'd all get on board and say, you know what? I'm just going to step out by faith and be a part and let God work in me. We're trying to reach our youth. We're trying to reach our community. We're trying to reach our town and our county. I wonder what would happen if you or I would say, Lord, we're not going to limit what you're capable of. But by faith, we're just going to follow you because in my Father's eyes, I'm more than what the world can see. I'm more because of him. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. I wonder who might be here. Maybe you're saying, preacher, I have been doubting God. I have been denying that he can use my life. I've doubted and had lacked faith that God is able to do great things in my life or our church. Maybe you're here and you say, preacher, I'll just be honest with you. I've never had a dad or a, a parent that truly believed in me this morning. Preacher, I, I've never had that encouragement. I've never had that help. I want you to know that you have it in God. You can have it in Jesus Christ. Because he loves you. His desire is that in my life and in your life that he would be glorified. And if we would just surrender ourselves to him. He could do great things. I wonder this morning if that's you. Would you pray right now? Would you begin to pray and say, Lord... I surrender my life to you. God, I give you my all. Lord, I will not deny who you are and what you're capable of in my life. But Lord, I surrender my all to you. Would you pray and give your all to the Lord? Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor, I've never had that hope. I've never known love of a father I want you to know that we have a heavenly father who loves you so much that he gave his son Jesus Christ to die in your place so that you might know him this morning he stands ready and willing to forgive your sins to adopt you into his heavenly family and all he says is come come unto me how about it this morning, would you give your life to Christ?